is Mid-Missouri's total sports station. KTGR, and it's time to get big. That was a big-time answer right there. You've got the big show with Andy and Brent serving up sports talk from Mizzou to the pros. And everything in between. Join us now on the KTGR hotline and sound off on today's biggest stories in sports. The big show starts now. You bet it does. Welcome into this Tuesday edition of The Big Show on ESPN 100.5 and 105.1 KTGR, your total sports station in Mid-Missouri. Thanks for tuning in online at KTGR.com and on the KTGR app. Sandy Humphrey here. No Brendan Schaefer as of now. He is on assignments at the winter meetings in Nashville as those are ongoing and Really some important stuff happening today. We heard from Molly Marble earlier today. I believe John Mosellock's uh, supposed to speak soon. And the draft lottery is about to happen in about a half hour or two. So, uh, oh, boy. Uh, and all of a sudden, yeah, uh, fortunately and unfortunately for the Cardinals, you will have reason to be invested in the draft lottery. Uh, so that's, go- that's going down in just a little bit. But we are going to talk a lot of football today, and particularly NFL, as we do every Tuesday with the good, the bad, and the ugly from Week 13 of the NFL season. Mm-hmm. And, uh, by the way, I forgot to introduce producer Chris. That's, that's fine. That's that's him. It's not I fine. It. I should have done it, and I, I made sure that I did. Happens to me all the time. But, uh, hey, give us your good, bad, and ugly from uh, the NFL weekend at 875-KTGR. You can also go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Show, and give your thoughts there, too. We'll hear uh, from Brian Smith, the Mizzou wrestling coach, after... The Tiger-style wrestling team got their first dual victory of the season this past weekend and preparing for the next one on Friday night. Brian Smith gives us an update on Mizzou Wrestling at 425. At 5.05, a cool discussion that I'm sure we'll get a lot of different answers to. Who is your season MVP for Mizzou football? Who was, out of all the folks that uh, that performed this year and performed well, who was the MVP of the team? Give us your MVP at 875-KTGR. We'll talk about that at 505. And a very interesting development in the NCAA and what the NCAA president, Charlie Baker, is maybe wanting to propose very soon. We'll talk about that at 525. 875-KTGR to call or text us. You can also tweet us at KTGR Big Show and find us on Facebook, too, at Facebook.com slash KTGR Big Show. Now the Big Show's Big Deal. Well, the accolades keep coming in for Mizzou football. Cody Schrader last night was named the Burlesworth Trophy winner. That goes to the nation's uh, best college football player that started his career as a walk-on. And uh, he was one of the three finalists and was honored during a ceremony in Arkansas yesterday. And he's the winner. Uh, and rightfully so, leading the SEC in rushing with 1,489 rushing yards on the season. And uh, Cody Schrader, congrats to him. He was also named a first-team all-SEC running back today. The coaches' uh, all-SEC teams came out, and Cody Schrader was named as a first-teamer, along with Luther Burden, Javon Foster, Darius Robinson, and Chris Abrams-Drain. On the second team, Harrison Mevis and Tyron Hopper named to the SEC uh, to the all-SEC coaches' teams. The individual awards get released tomorrow, so we'll learn on that front where that is. And that is the Big Show's Big Deal on this fifth day of December, 2023. 875-KTGR, if you want to call or text us here to tell us what you 
think about those awards. And, and again, there's uh, there's plenty to get to when it comes to baseball also. Where's Shohei Otani going to sign? A, a whole lot of folks are talking. The teams are releasing the fact that they met with Shohei Otani, which is probably also to say, hey, we're not going to sign Shohei Otani. But we met with him. Shook his hand. Yeah, shook his hand. How you doing? How you doing? How's the family? Everything like that. How are the kids? I don't know if kids or not. I mean, uh, I, I'm not sure on that front. Uh, but uh, either way, when you hear that the uh, the team met with this player, yeah, it probably means they're not signing. Yeah, even if you're not going to sign him, I really do question the uh, integrity or the want to to go out there and win the football game. Uh, if you're a GM out there and you're not, you know, at least at least having a cup of coffee with the fella, have yeah. some have some shame, have some pride. Well, shoot or shoot. We'll we'll see what uh what the sweepstakes results as, and uh, we'll we'll get uh, to the bottom of that I'm sure very soon uh, as Shohei Otani uh, keeps bringing in suitors I suppose. But enough of that. Let's get to the NFL weekends and all of its glory with the good, the bad, and the ugly. Call or text us with what you thought was good and bad and downright ugly from this past weekend of NFL football. 875-KTGR if you want to call or text us with your good, bad, and ugly. I know one thing. Chiefs are not good. Yeah. I mean, were they bad or were they ugly? I'm not going to say ugly, honestly. Um, the bad, I think, is more of a is a better describer or descriptor of what this game was for them against the Packers. Didn't execute in the red zone. Had a rough moment late in the game where Patrick Mahomes and Sky Moore were not on the same page. I don't know who you blame more for the interception, but it happened, and it's not good. And the defense, while very porous, they were dealing with injuries, but also couldn't consistently stop the run game and made Jordan Love look like one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Which, look, Jordan Love is in the good. Jordan Love played very well in that game. Yeah. And, and he's been playing better the last few weeks. He's starting to become what I think the Packers were hoping he would become. It just maybe took a little bit of time. But if you're the Chiefs, especially on that fourth and two, where he's essentially just jumping up in the air and flinging it 50 feet in the altitude, and it comes down and drops right into the bucket. I forgot who caught that pass. Uh, Romeo but, Dobbs, uh, I Romeo think. Dobbs caught it. Strong hands. Lollipop fr- rainbows it to Romeo Dobbs. Three Chiefs defenders are trying to locate the ball and can't do so. More, more often than not, that ball gets intercepted, but the Chiefs just were not able to come up with the defensive play enough times in order to win that game. And so I, that was what we didn't see from the Chiefs' defense. We didn't see somebody step up and say, look, enough's enough. I'm making a play. I'm getting a turnover. I'm getting a takeaway. I'm getting a sack. We didn't see that enough times against the Packers, and the Chiefs messed around enough in that game to where they all of a sudden are looking up and, oh, we're down eight with two minutes to go. Shoot. We got we to gotta put something together, and then they ultimately could yeah, this is probably the worst Chiefs defensive performance. You kind of have to, you know, give out the caveat of you don't have any of your green dots. No Nick Bolton, no Drew Tranquil. Those guys who, you know, you're supposed to see as, like, being the like the floor the generals leaders. for the defense. They're the leaders, yeah, yes. the leaders, the floor generals for the defense. But still, though, this is not the performance you really want to see. I think this is the highest point total they've given up all season, I'm pretty sure. Yep. They've capped off at, like, 24, like, multiple times. But 27 is the most they've given up in a single game. It's not what you want. 
I think on the defensive side, I'm I'm cool with chalking this up as more as like a freak aberration, just because you know dealing with injuries and whatnot. But offense still not getting better, man. Still not improving. No, uh, the offense I think is what it is, and you just kind of hope that at some point. Patrick Mahomes gets a better relationship with some of his receivers. And, I mean, we're seeing that with Rashi Rice. I think they're using Rice a lot better than they were earlier in the season. They're starting to give him more chances to run after the catch, get him into open space. I think that can work. We have to see it more consistently. And the Chiefs, ultimately, I mean, yeah, the the offense, you're not going to get a whole lot of Great production, as you saw in years past, and you might just have to rely upon the defense winning you football games most of the time, which I think they still can. They have the personnel, clearly. They do have to get healthy. 875-KTGR. What was your good, bad, and ugly from the weekend? Oh, look, Brendan Schaefer's here. Let's give his good, bad, and ugly. Hey, Brendan. Brendan. Yeah, what's going on, guys? I, uh, I wanted to chime in real quick on the Chiefs part of things. Because, Andy, you're talking about the defense, and maybe you'll chalk it up to losing some guys to injuries. But I did not like how methodically the Packers seemed to move the ball on Kansas City in this game. That would be my biggest bad of the week. I mean, the offensive stuff we've been talking about. But we've been able to rely on this defense and know what you're going to get from them. And it, it, the Packers were very systematic in the way that they kind of chewed up the clock and the yards in this game, I thought. Well, and that's a concern big time. And, and the Chiefs, again, just could not find the the winning plays to be able to get that done. I will say, though, I mean, how much of this is the Packers all of a sudden starting to figure things out? They've won four or five. I mean, uh-huh. it's, it's, beat the, the offense says they yeah, beat the Lions on the road. They, I mean, the Chargers game kind of was back and forth. It was more of who was going to lose that game as opposed to who was going to win it. But... Again, this is what the Packers do sometimes. They'll struggle out of the gate, even with Aaron Rodgers as their quarterback in years past. But Matt LaFleur is 16-0 and now in December, and that's no fluke. I mean, he knows how to rally a team late in the season, play the whole nobody-believes-in-us card, and get a team to put forth their best when they know their backs are against the wall in either a division race or a wild-card race, whatever it may be, and... Look, I, I think it's if we see more data points like this, the, the Packers' schedule is not all that uh, strong going forward. So we might see Jordan Love play similar levels as he did in the last few games, especially against the Chiefs' defense. And you know he's going to have, I, I think, much easier tests going forward. So can we get back to calling them Andy's Packers? Are we good with that again? All right, I'm in. I mean, it's. They never were. As, sure, I picked them to win the division at the start of the year. Um, I very quickly jumped off that bandwagon when I saw them go. Oh, what was it? Two Ooh, and six. You might have been a little bit too hasty there, my friend. I mean, probably not. Not two and six. Two and five, technically. Still, in that division, I think they could have pushed the Lions a little bit more. Starting to now, I'm not going to say they win the division. Uh, the the Lions are still. Uh, very much the favorites there, and I think they'll hang on to it. But wild card's on the table. Somebody's got to be in the playoffs in the NFC. Like, they have to pick three other teams other than the division winners, even though, even if they don't want to. And the Packers yeah. just might back their way in. Who knows? Well, speaking of the NFC playoff picture, I, I wasn't around yesterday. Still out here in Nashville, of course. 
when the uh, the picks of the week winner was awarded. I think I think that was me, right? Uh, that was you. Yeah, for one yeah, week. And, yeah. and the, the 49ers were a big reason why. I've been telling you, 49ers over the Eagles for a while. I think you started to buy into that as well, so I'm not trying to dunk on you or anything. But they're in the good for this week, right? And, and oh. at this point, I don't know who's stopping these guys in the NFL. Themselves. Well, yeah, that's it. Kyle, Kyle Shanahan is Health stopping the 49ers. To stop them. Because, <laughs> um, I, I mean, again, yeah, they have, at every position, they've got a stud. Uh, at least one or two studs at every position group on the field. I do worry that if one or two of those studs in whatever position group does have to miss some time, I don't know about their depth behind them, but... Everybody on the field, healthy. Yeah, that's the Super Bowl winner. Uh, very clearly. If they get that going for another two months, they're hoisting the trophy, no doubt. Okay, so I, I leave you this. Who's the MVP right now? Is it Brock Purdy? No. Or is it Dak Prescott? Who do you got? Oh, between those two? It's not a quarterback. Well, it's only between those submit, two? Su- well, submit any name you like, but if you look at odds boards, that's kind of what we're looking at right, right. now. They're, they're yeah. towards the top. Brock Purdy made a huge jump, right? He's like almost the betting favorite at the moment. But, he and Dak are neck and neck. I mean, they, yeah. Dak Prescott doing what he did on Thursday against Seattle wins that game. Andy, I think if the Cowboys beat the Eagles this week, you're going to see Dak un- unanimously discussed as that. I don't know if it's going to finish the season that way, but I think this is a big game this week where Dak could definitely go a long way towards sewing that up and I'm still putting the Cowboys in the good for finding a way when their defense didn't play well against Seattle last Thursday. Uh, you know, they're they're in the good for this week. Yeah, and I, I think the job that Dak Prescott has done, at least to this point, I think probably a little more impressive than Brock Purdy, and that's not to take away from Brock Purdy because I think he gets a bad rap sometimes. Uh, he's got all the guys surrounding him that are that are ultra talented, and he's just the guy that's distributing. No, I, I I think he's been a lot more than just that, and he deserves a whole lot of praise. That said, Dak Prescott's throwing ability has been a lot more correlated to uh, the Cowboys' success recently with the numbers that he has been putting up. I think you have to consider him as he, he would be my favorite right now. Brock Purdy's in well, that conversation. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd definitely put him in there. And, and Tyreek Hill is in the conversation, too, right? Like, he has to be. Yeah, man, so. that's going to be interesting because he's going to get those 2,000 yards, I think. He's going to yeah. do what he set out to do in August or whatever, and it's going to be interesting to see if the voters will say, hey, that matters to us, or nope, we're giving it to a quarterback anyway. The odds right now still seem to suggest it'll be a quarterback, but that doesn't have to remain the, the same way if he hits that magical 2,000-yard mark. I think that would definitely turn some heads. 875-KTGR. We're doing our good, bad, and ugly from the NFL weekend. 573-875-5847. James texted in. His good was San Francisco. His bad, the Jets and the Steelers. (sighs) Oh, boy. Well, you could do that almost every single week. The Jets were trying to make sure they find it. Yeah, like... Their safety and then a couple of field goals, but they, at home they could not take care of the Falcons. The Falcons all of a sudden at 6-6 six and six, are in the driver's seats to get to host a playoff game by being the NFC South champions. Oh. My gosh. My gosh. Gross. Dirty birds, baby. Gross. Arthur Smith.
Arthur Smith is doing this. Um, Don't encourage him. Yeah, no, I understand. Uh, and the Steelers, yeah, bad loss at home to the Cardinals. They're they're right in the thick of a playoff race themselves and they i don't think they could take that one at home even with kyler murray back and look playing very well i think to uh to at least make the cardinals a bit more of a saltier team Steelers could not do that at home though i that that defense has to play better at home it has played better at home last few weeks and this time around couldn't do it but the offense also needs to help him out kenny pickett getting hurt uh, yeah. didn't help matters either but not not a good one to take, honestly. I, I, I agree they should be in the bad. Yeah, they're in the bad, and, and the, the Kenny Pickett thing hurts, but we know that they're not winning games on quarterback play. They just need their defense to give up like 10 or 13, and they need to do that as many weeks as they can to get into the playoffs. I think it's possible, but in a, in a game like that against a team like that, you would have hoped that this would have been one where they could have. And, uh, yeah, at home in particular, that's a, that's a painful one for the, the position that they were in before this loss. And then James is ugly was the Patriots. <laughs> that whole game. Whole that game. Is, I mean, I know the Chargers won that game. Six to nothing, though. Give me a break. Did they cover the spread? Did they do that? Uh, I think the spread was like five and a half. Five and a half. You could get those odds <laughs> somewhere. did not do anything more. Uh, they, they, they did the absolute minimum that they could do to make sure they covered that spread, and they yeah. did not put any more effort in. All of a sudden, my parlay, my my parlay of minus five and a half with under total points six and a half. I mean, what a uh, what a middle that I was able to hit with boy. that one, right? Do we need uh, to talk about really. Kellen Moore? Do, are we are we concerned yeah. about Kellen Moore? Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah, kind of. Yeah. Well, it was okay, he a, cool. was he a product of Dak Prescott's system? <laughs> hey, I like it. I like it. I mean, you got to ask the question now. Um, what, uh, if it's a, what if it's a Herbert thing, though? Is there, are we are we to that point, or is it? No, it I'm not to that point. No, no. he's been balling too much. I, 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 I know they've it. been losing, I, but he's I've been balling too much. I've seen him throw a football. That is a as a bona fide uh, top ten NFL quarterback when everything's going okay. right. Um, okay, but I mean, nothing's going right right now for the Chargers on offense. It didn't hurt them this week because they were facing the absolutely horrible New England Patriots. Uh, who were ugly, according to James you know, here on the KTGR hotline. The Patriots were ugly, but now they're they're in the driver's seat, right, for Caleb Williams. So I think this was kind of what needed to happen. They just need to lose every game and get a quarterback. Yeah. We know that they don't have one currently, so it's actually not so bad for them to keep losing. Well, yeah, if you're in that spot, don't try to win. 875-KTGR, call or text us with your good, bad, and ugly from the weekend of NFL football. Um, last night's game, uh, ugly to see Trevor Lawrence this? get hurt, um, especially late in that ball game. And uh, look, I, I I don't know how to feel about uh, that one, especially with the injury. But the Bengals, Jake Browning, all of a sudden, that's the takeaway. What yep. are we? Is he starting to feel things a little bit going forward? Are the Bengals going to be okay? Well, I was just glad he sustained Jamar Chase for fantasy, but. Browning himself played legitimately well. Granted, he went against the Jaguars' pass defense. That's not very good. They ranked in like the bottom five or six in yards per game. But that's still an NFL opponent. It's a very good team that Browning was able to sustain a lot of offense against. And if you're the Bengals, you're six and six. 
the Steelers losing kind of muddies the water a little bit on the wild card situation. I I guess they're not out of it, but I'm not going too crazy. I was impressed by Browning, though. It was a nice nice game by him. Yeah, and to get it in overtime, to be able to lead the team that way, I, I thought he got uh, a little bit more confident with uh, with that game. And so we'll see. I, I, how do you feel about your Jaguars, though, Brendan? Yeah. With, uh, Trevor Lawrence hurts. Yeah, they're, they're not. Uh... They're not saying that he's definitely out this weekend. They're going to wait and see. But you it's a high ankle him, sprain. You saw him. It's a high I, ankle sprain. They should have. They should have got that man a cart. I don't understand what was going on there. Why he had to hobble <laughs> yeah. three miles to the locker room. But dude, I. They could still win the division. They could squeak by the Texans. But they're not. I mean, without Trevor Lawrence, you can't win a playoff game. Um, the, the Texans are definitely kind of licking their chops a little bit now. I'd have to imagine. Uh, which, again, you hate to see because of injury. That's not what anybody wants. But it is the reality of the situation in the NFL. Lots of quarterbacks do get hurt. And right now, you know, your Texans may benefit from that, Andy. Who, who knows? Well, they, need, they needed that win this weekend against the Broncos, that's for sure, uh, to at least keep the wild card hopes alive. And we'll see what, what happens the rest of the way. But, you know... That could be an interesting race going forward. I don't. They don't play again, so there's no head-to-head left. It's kind of a draw there, and um, we'll see what the division records end up looking like. But uh, yeah, you don't want to see a team have to uh, get taken out by injury. So I guess that means, uh, well, they can't be division winners because they don't have the quarterback, right? That's how this works. I don't know, yeah, man. That's it's, how this works. Yep, sorry. Lose your that's spot to works. the... Uh, who are you losing your spot oh, to? Lose yeah. to the Florida Texans. State sorry. Yeah, exactly. Listen, man. Can't can't win the division. Sorry. Listen, can't we're be in the bracket. It's not good television. I'm sorry. Okay. Here you go. Just like with Florida State, they're going to find a way. Ron DeSantis is going to find a way to get Jacksonville that division title. All you got to <laughs> do... Little litigation. He's talking about a million dollars for what? I don't know. But his campaign, I guess. He's upset. He's real upset about that Florida State thing. That's all I know. Well, at least he's trying to be to please the voters, I suppose. Eight seven five TGR. Good, good, uh, good job. I suppose. Uh, Give us your good, bad, and ugly from the weekend of NFL football. Eight seven five KTGR to call or text us with that. Uh, we'll keep getting to some of your uh, your comments here, so keep getting them in. But up next, Mizzou Wrestling on a roll to start the 2023-24 season, getting their first conference dual victory of the year over Oklahoma, another ranked team, and it just didn't seem like a thing to this Mizzou Wrestling squad. How are they going to approach their next week against Wyoming? Brian Smith, Mizzou wrestling coach, will join us for uh, his thoughts on the weekend and the start of the year. It's all next year on The Big Show, KTGR. You're listening to The Big Show Podcast on KTGR.com. We're back here on The Big Show, KTGR, KTGR.com, and the KTGR app. Andy Humphrey here, Mizzou Wrestling, yet another uh, successful weekend as the number 3 Tiger-style wrestling team got their first conference uh, dual victory of the season over number 18 Oklahoma at the Hearn Center on Friday night, defeating the Sooners 30-12. to And then uh, they went right back at it on Saturday and got second place in the Cougar Clash at SIU Edwardsville uh, just this uh, past weekend as well so uh coach brian smith of mizzou wrestling joining us here on the big show what'd you think of these uh the, these last couple of competitions from your group as the uh, uh got some pretty good success 
Yeah, we're getting better. You know, it's, I, I really like the effort from, you know, from 49 on up to uh, 84 in the dual meet. It was uh, really, impre- you know, scoring, getting an upset over a ranked guy at 49. And then 157, 65, 74, 84, they just, they got on a roll and were just uh, scoring a lot of points. And that's the way those guys practice. So it was, it was good to see them pushing themselves and, and getting the bonus points. Yeah, for sure. And you're talking to guys like uh, like Logan uh, Geoffrey. If I, I I don't know if I'm yeah. pronouncing his name correctly, no, uh, right. but Geoffrey, Geoffrey. Okay. And then uh, and then Brock Mahler, of course, and Keegan O'Toole and and Clayton Whiting, as you talked about uh, last week at 184. Just those guys that are really starting to solidify a really strong lineup. Just what have you uh, kind of seen them working on to you know keep things going and and, and really provide a strong uh, core for your group. Well, just they're they're wrestling with a lot of offense, you know, scoring multiple points, not afraid to just cut guys out with the new three-point takedown. They score the three, cut them, and, you know, score another takedown. It's six to one. It blows a match open, and they're doing a lot of that. And then, of course, Keegan, you know, gets guys flustered and eventually cradles them. And Mako was tilting really good, getting some simple tilts on top, and Tech falls the guy. So it's it's good to see that. It's really good to see we're getting, you know, a lot of takedowns, but also starting adding in the turns. It's good. We also saw that from Noah. Noah's been certain has been really consistent this year. He didn't feel his best out there, but still goes out and gets a major decision, which is important, getting takedowns on his feet and getting a turn on top. So he's just been really consistent in the things he's working on in the room uh, starting to show in matches so i'm pleased with those guys we were a little shaky at 33 heavyweight wasn't pleased with it you know the i don't know if it was the the effort he gave but he just didn't get enough shots off and wins a match two to one he's better than that Brian Smith, Mizzou wrestling coach, joining us here on the big show, KTGR and KTGR.com. So to, to have, uh, your strong lineup go through, uh, that duel and, and get the victory there, then to, uh, have maybe even a few of those guys, uh, come right back at it and wrestle in uh, a tournament format after that. Uh, what do you see, uh, in the Cougar Clash this weekend as you saw, uh, some of those other guys that don't get as much playing time, but are, but are out there still trying to work on what they're doing? There were some good, and then there were some things I wasn't pleased with. The good was, you know, we got to see guys weigh in twice, like Josh Edmond, and, you know, has a tough loss the night before over a highly ranked kid in overtime, but bounces back to win four matches the next day. And that's hard. You know, he had to hop on the bus at the end of the duel, drive two hours, go to sleep, wake up, weigh in again, and then go wrestle. And so I wanted to see how he deals with that adversity, and he did a great job getting four wins and a, and a title the next day. And Zach Elam wanted to go, and I'm glad he did because he opened up a lot on Saturday and <laughs> scored, I think, three pins in a tech fall. So just pleased with what he's he's starting to, uh, you know, when he's wrestling that way, he's a much better wrestler. The night before, he just wouldn't shoot, and that's just on him. He's got to get out of that mental you know, where that mental stage where something's holding them back from uh, taking the shots. But uh, pleased with that. And then a few others. You know, we got some big wins out of some young guys. Our 49-pounders both upset top 20 wrestlers and, you know, beat top 20 guys and made the finals. We didn't wrestle them in the finals. But uh, – and then – 
a couple other weights did pretty good and got to see a, a younger 33 pounder perform and uh, with Cade Moore and he took fourth losing to the same guy twice. So just some good things there, but there were some matches we lost that it just head scratchers that you're like, all right, where were we mentally? And like that's as a coaching staff, we got to get these young guys thinking and acting right. Brian Smith, Mizzou wrestling coach, joining us here on the big show, KTGR and KTGR.com. And, of course, you talk about some of the things that they're uh, needing to work on and, and maybe uh, build upon for the rest of the year. But how does how does this early part of the schedule kind of help them? Because I know you you obviously had the back-to-back competitions this past weekend, so you'll have some more duels coming up. Uh, but what's this early portion of the schedule with how it sets up? Uh, how does it help your group uh, set aside that time to make sure that they're uh, working on what they're trying to work on and eventually is able to show it pretty quickly in some of these competitions well the stuff we've been working on since the end of last season they start to see what's working where they're struggling at and what we're going to be working on in the room so that uh, really helps i mean they're gaining comp the guys that are doing well are gaining confidence in what is working but what are they going to add to that so and the guys that are struggling and when we find out what the struggles are is it the mental side is it the weight cutting side is it just uh, the fear of opening up and wrestling aggressive. We start figuring all these things out individually and making them better, and as a team, we'll get better. So that's uh, it's it's a process, but uh, that's part of coaching, and that's part of being a wrestler in college. And the, the level of competition that we're wrestling every week, you know, with this past weekend with Oklahoma and then Minnesota had almost all their starters there. So we got to see our guys compete against some of the best. And and then next week with, you know, this week with Wyoming and Air Force and then Illinois, it just never, we, our schedule doesn't really let up on the guys. So they have to continue to improve. For sure, Brian Smith, Mizzou wrestling coach here on the big show KTGR, and you talk about some of those duels and uh, Wyoming and Air Force. the The next two on your schedule, those will be, uh, excuse me, uh, in conference. So uh, right away, you get some of those bigger competitions that you'll uh, want to take advantage of. With Wyoming uh, at home this weekend uh, on Friday night, what's kind of the, the challenge that you're looking at with their group, and how you guys want to keep things rolling here? Just to continue to grow, I want to see the guys you know, step on the mat and continue the guys that are wrestling well, like from 49 on up and certain, but seeing Zach opening up against some of these heavies that try to shut them down and figure out what's going to happen at 33, you know, we're going to give an, an opportunity to a younger guy and see how he performs, but we'll see what happens. There's, there's, you know, you, you need to continue to see progress in these guys and we're working with them, but it's, you know, I know when we wrestle these teams too that they're going to bring their best to us. So, you know, for a team like Wyoming, this is a big duel for them and they show up for it. Air Force, the same thing, all the way on. Everybody we wrestle, they know where we're ranked and we kind of have these targets on our back. But that's a good thing because we're going to see all these teams' best effort. And uh, I'm hoping that we bring our best. And, I, you know, we're working on that in the practice room. For sure. So again, uh, that next duel for Mizzou Wrestling is this Friday night at the Hearn Center at 7 o'clock. They'll host Wyoming uh, for their next conference duel. And then uh, after that, next week, they'll get uh, on the 17th uh, Air Force at home as well. So some big duels coming up for Mizzou Wrestling in the next couple of weeks. And great to chat with Brian Smith, Mizzou Wrestling Coach here on the Big Show KTGR. Thanks, Coach, for for coming on. Congrats on the uh, wins this weekend and, and good luck this upcoming Friday. Thank you.
Big show's on at 436 KTGR and com, And it's sure <laughs> you hear a lot from Brian Smith and you realize right away what the standard is uh, for him. It's it's a championship standard. And you're talking about a team. It's that's real high. Yeah, you're talking about a team that's ranked number three in the country in, uh, in the competition level. And he's still like, yeah, you know, we got a lot of ways to improve. And, and look, the. There should be high expectations for a program like Mizzou's uh, for wrestling and uh, the, the way that this group is starting to come together even so early in the season and putting together these these big-time victories early on, and then you're still hearing, like, oh, there's a lot that we can work on. Man, if they figure that out, watch out. This <gasps> could be a, another huge year for Mizzou wrestling. They're trying yeah. to get on the podium for, uh, for the NCAA championships, and, um, yeah, that'll be... That'll be the goal for them as they try to go through this season the rest of the way. So uh, we'll we'll keep getting those updates from Brian Smith throughout the season. 875-KTGR, if you want to call or text us, you can keep texting in your, your good, bad, and ugly from the NFL weekend. We'll get to some of your Facebook comments here uh, as we roll along. After this live local sports center here on The Big Show. You're listening to The Big Show Podcast on KTGR.com. I don't know if I need to throw Brendan early under the bus for this or not. I don't really have the information. Um, Brendan is at the winter meetings in Nashville where right now the MLB draft lottery is going down. The Cardinals had, I believe, the fifth best odds to land the number one overall pick. I think they've whittled it down close to... You know the final few picks, so they're about to reveal. I think uh, who who the number one is, and and granted, right now, if it's being streamed somewhere, I don't know. Uh, I don't have it pulled up, so I'm not watching it. I'm just looking at Twitter to see where it is. And Brendan, our uh, of course uh, champion of the the Cardinals beats and co-host of this show, says that the Cardinals have landed the seventh pick. But then I go down and I see Lynn Worthy. A uh, great beat writer for the St. Louis Post-Dispatch uh, for the Cardinals. He's saying it's the sixth pick. Huh? Brendan, are we, is it really? Who, who do I trust here? Who do I trust? Who would trust Brendan over Lynn Worthy? Are they both, I, I don't know. Are they both there? I don't know. Lynn, do if, you're, if you're there, give us a call. 573-875-5847. Turns out Lynn has issued a correction. It was the sixth uh, pick. See, you didn't trust our boy? Well, I was you didn't trust saying, our boy like, over some rando on Twitter? No, it's not a rando, though. Some bot on it's Twitter? It's not a rando. That's crazy. It, it, anything but a rando. Come not, on. Not sticking up for the team here, Andy. No, listen. No, Come I on. understand. That's crazy. Uh, uh, but uh, so I've been in that situation before. You you get to typing, and you sometimes hit the uh, the six is right next to the seven yeah, on the keyboard. Fly, you know? Sometimes sevens turn into sixes. Well, there. They're right next to each other. It's very easy to do. So uh, it looks like it's the uh, the seventh pick. I'm uh, sorry, Lynn. The, I love you. Uh, uh, all that. Yeah, Lynn. Uh, he, he, it's he just a bit. I promise. It right I'm, just I'm just horsing around. Yeah, yeah, I swear. No, come on. I swear. Um, yeah. So, uh, hey, I got to say, though, I mean, seventh pick, when you have the fifth best odds to uh, get the number one overall pick, when you lose 91 games and you're trying to – you know, maybe help out your draft position a little bit because of that and think, oh, you know, possibilities here. 8.3% chance, I believe, is what it was. At the very least, even if you don't get the number one overall pick, maybe you have your name drawn as one of the second or third or fourth, something like that. Maybe you help out your position a little bit more. 
And yeah, it turns out uh, their name wasn't even selected because uh, they draw six na- they draw six teams, and yeah, all four of the teams it seems that had better odds than them they were drawn, and so and then there were even teams behind them that had worse odds that also got drawn, and so they automatically slide in to the seventh spot. Cardinals fans, if you need someone to talk you through having a disappointing lottery outcome as a Kansas City Royals fan and also oh, yeah. a Knicks fan, yeah. uh, I feel like I'm uniquely you know, uh, equipped to walk you through that process. I'm, I'll just send you the gif of uh, James Franco going first time from that one movie. But, it's okay. Well, hey, at least, through, you had, at least you have a top six pick because your name was drawn uh, yeah. at some point. I don't know where. I don't know if you're seeing it uh, for the Royals, where their draft position is, or if it's even been revealed yet. Uh, two minutes ago from Scott Chasen, they will be getting a top six pick. I assume they're picking six. Yeah, so they're probably, uh, here's what they're doing. They're probably uh, delaying this, like the NBA draft lottery. They get down to the the four teams that they actually drew. They don't reveal them in order yet, but they uh, you know take a commercial break and put everybody else in, in their positions, and then they build the suspense. So we'll see what happens uh, with where the the Royals are. 875-KTGR, if you want to call or text us um, with your uh, your thoughts on the NFL weekend. And you got any texts about those? All that. Uh, we did get some uh, some more Facebook comments for uh, Good, Bad, and Ugly uh, from Scott. He said, the good, my future's bet on Purdy getting the MVP. Uh, the bad, turf monster strikes again. NFL needs to get real get on real grass, or at least yeah. every NFL team, I would think. Your mileage I mean, may vary depending on where your stadium is, but yeah. yeah it's, it costs a lot, but it, it definitely might be worth it. And then, and then the, uh, the ugly, Kellen Moore was the issue in Dallas. Ooh! Yeah, Talk I, about it. I think I prefer Kirby right now. Yeah, uh, I do too. So um, <laughs> We're kindred spirits here. Exactly. Uh, Kelly texting in, Chiefs offense is ugly. They need better receivers. It can't just be Kelsey. Uh, Steve saying on Facebook.com slash KTGR Big Show, the good Minshew magic continues. We calling it Minshew magic? No, I'm not. He does. I'm just reading <laughs> Was Steve. there anything particularly <laughs> magical uh, yeah, about Minshew this weekend? <laughs> I didn't watch that game, but I did see yeah, like that block punt for that- a touchdown. And then the pick two right after that. The I saw that, that. The Titans essentially lost that game because Ryan Tannehill couldn't get a hold down on on a field mm. goal attempt. And so <laughs> that took <laughs> away three points for them. If you don't like that, you don't like AFC football, baby. AFC South football, rather. Because the punter got hurt. and the punter got hurt. And, and Ryan Tannehill had to come in and be the holder on uh, field goal attempts. And, well, he hadn't really done that for a very long time. And yeah. so... It didn't work out very well the first time for uh, for the kicker, Nick Folk. <laughs> I feel bad for that punter. He took a lick, man. Woo! Yeah, it was, it was so nasty. Uh, but, uh, hey, keep getting your texts in uh, and your calls uh, for Good, Bad, and Ugly uh, from Week 13. 875-KTGR if you want to get those in. It's time to go under the bus on the big show. Sometimes you just can't help but laugh in these situations, and that was the situation in the press conference for Tampa Bay Lightning goalie Andre Vasilevsky, who was coming off a great game last night, made 25 saves, did not allow a single goal against the Dallas Stars as the Lightning won for zip. So he's, you know, coming off another shutout. He's one of the best goalies in the NHL. Are you a Stars fan by trade, Uh, just out of curiosity? I mean, I root for them every once in a while. Yeah, it's a, a... yeah, the fact that Houston doesn't have a team. I mean, uh, and the Blues, too. I'm sort of in between. I know those two have kind of a rift between each other, though. Yeah. So it's, it, 
some friction. I, I am open to uh, a relationship with a hockey team at some point. But, hey, Houston's going to get a Yotes team. Bandwagon. Houston's going to get a team. Arizona's going to move to uh, – the Coyotes are going to move to Houston. So yeah. But, anyway, Andre Vasilevsky. Yes. During his press conference, uh, well, I think you just have to listen to appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, obviously it wasn't great feeling uh, last game, but... Um... Whoa, what was that? <laughs> Did he just... Uh, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 my turn, yeah. In so. case you didn't hear that little part there, um, somebody oh. in the in the press gaggle let one rip. Was it George Costanza? Um, was it Kramer? I don't know. Like a deep Again, for a sign take another episode. listen if you want. It wasn't great feeling uh, last game, but... Um... <laughs> <laughs> it's like so we are fart such, noise over their phone. We are such teenagers uh, with this, but everybody in the room went, was acting like teenagers. because <laughs> Acoustically, that fart was Our perfect. Forgot what the question was, and rightfully so, because you know what? When, let, when somebody lets one rip that loudly, and everybody in the room starts to let out those chuckles, the sonic impact of that fart was nobody crazy. remembers what Andre Vasilevsky said before that one was let out. Can we grade that? Do we have any like no, fart no, graders no, out there? No, I don't want to go. I'm giving that one at least an A. No, 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 no. Come on. <laughs> Oh man! Under the bus. I don't know who it was. I don't know if anybody fessed up to it. I don't know if there was a culprit out there that was found out. But man, did it make for a good cut? Completely derailed Andre Vasilevsky. You farted during the press conference, George. I farted during the press conference. Unbelievable. Oh boy, you farted during the press conference. Uh, Under the bus to Orlando Brown Jr. This was very odd. Uh, Did you not see this during Monday Night Football last Um, night? I was Uh, watching a movie last night. I did not catch it. Okay, well, uh, uh, during a. A Bengals touchdown celebration, which was actually very well coordinated. I believe Joe Mixon scored a touchdown. I may be wrong on that, but uh, he and his offensive lineman doing this coordinated dance that was, you know, clearly they had rehearsed before and yeah. they pulled it off very well. And then at the very end of it, there was just silence on the broadcast. Joe Buck wouldn't say anything, Troy Aikman wasn't saying anything. They were just letting the moment be the moment. And then out of nowhere, Orlando Brown Jr., who was part of the dance, just yells, jackass! Huh? Why would you do that? I don't know why. Was that part of the dance? Like, out of all of... No, I, no it was just... It, it was after the dance, and then he just started running back. Like, huh. the video does it justice. You, you should Who's go and find it. At? Just the camera. Nobody. I don't know if it was anybody in particular. He just huh. looked right into the camera and just so yelled weird. out, jackass! Like, Why'd you do that? I don't know. Are you getting fined for that? Like, I, I don't think so. Um, but it's just very weird. Who was he talking to? I have so many questions about it. And uh, the, was he trying to figure out what word he was going to say at the end of this to try and be ridiculous, I, I suppose? But Under it, the bus. It's just very weird. Got to try that one again, buddy. Maybe. That's not, the, that's not the play, I don't think. Well, that wasn't as puzzling as some of these double passes that the Bengals were trying Speaking yesterday. Speaking of not the play. Um, they tried it with Jamar Chase, and he threw it. Five yards behind uh, Jake Browning, who had gone out wide and uh, in this whole thing, and he caught the pass and ended up losing seven yards because they closed in on him and it ended up not being a trick play. And then they almost darn near lost the game with Tyler Boyd trying it, and Boyd has done this before. He's completed yeah. the pass. I thought he had a touchdown pass earlier in the year. 
But this time, he gets the, the lateral, and he stares down Joe Mixon on a screen. and Can't do that. Throws it straight into the belly of a linebacker, and the Josh Jags Allen, get it. Yeah, and the Jaguars get the ball with first and goal after that. It's just... When Jake Browning was playing so well, the Bengals decided, you know what, let's let two of our wide receivers throw the football, and Peyton Manning uh, on the Manning cast was he ballistic over it. He hates that stuff with right, burning passion. So. Yeah, it was, it, but it was bad. Uh, it was very bad it yesterday. Great. And the Bengals should have lost because of it, but... Under the bus. I mean, they... they Got out from underneath it, and <laughs> the injury to Trevor Lawrence had something to do with that for sure. But, hey, you know what, Bengals? You, you got the win, so you just take it and run with it. It's time for the sweetest thing in sports on the big show. Sweetest thing is with our friends at the Candy Factory. This holiday season, reward your co-workers with some tasty treats from the Candy Factory in downtown Columbia anniversary birthday holiday. Online at thecandyfactoryonline.com. A lot of awards for current Mizzou football players, of course. They're coming out this week. But a former Mizzou football star getting an excellent honor today. Jeremy Macklin inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame. That is right. uh, In a special ceremony in Las Vegas. Last year it was Gary Pinkle getting that treatment. He was inducted in last year's class. And great to see one of the greatest wideouts that he's had. Uh, and one of the greatest whiteouts we've seen come through Mizzou get that honor this year. Jeremy Macklin, two-time All-American and uh, now coaching uh, high school football in the St. Louis area. Great to see that, and uh, it was certainly a great moment for Jeremy Macklin, well-deserved. Yeah, just an absolute titan for football. Athletics in general, really, in the state of Missouri. Gotta love oh, that. Yeah, uh, so congrats to Jeremy Macklin. Chiefs legend. Yeah, he played for the Chiefs and uh, played for the Eagles. Probably what he's more known for in his NFL career, but still a a huge figure in Mizzou sports and a well-deserved honor for him. A no-brainer, if you ask me. Uh, So congrats to Jeremy Macklin. This year, who's your season MVP for Mizzou football? We'll discuss that at 5.05. And this was kind of a bombshell proposal that might be coming in the NCAA very soon. The NCAA president uh, wrote a letter that leaked out today and widely reported that might shake things up in college athletics. We might see that. We'll talk about that next on The Big Show 525.